Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, I've been doing some thinking um, about the way that we view the traits and characteristics of God. And we learn most of them through Jesus. Obviously, Jesus became one of us. He lived all of the same emotions, all of the same everything that we go through as people, accepting human nature in its fullest. Um, but I think one of the things we rarely do is look at the traits that God displayed in the Old Testament that Jesus also has in the New Testament. I think that so many times when people think of the Old Testament, it's almost as a distant being that doesn't really have anything to do with us. You know, he's just going to show up one day, talk to you from a cloud, maybe appear in a bush or something here and there. But there's no real personal inner connection to, to God of the Old Testament. And one of the things that had come across me as I was thinking about this was the God of the Old Testament, and obviously Jesus, um, something that we don't talk about a lot is incredibly full of perseverance in the sense that he knows he's going to do something and it might not work out but he still puts every single thing he has into it. And one of the easiest examples is as you go through the Old Testament, there is a pretty central theme. The Israelites get really close to God. Things become awesome. They forget why things were awesome, becomes full of the so-called awesomeness, um, return to sin. And then God gets mad. Something bad happens to the Israelites. And then, God helps them again when they return to him. And many times in our lives, we have situations where, is it really worth me doing this? Whatever hard or complicated or annoying tax S or a tax X is, do I really want to do it? And is the payout really going to be worth it? Like if it's for them, half the time it doesn't work out anyway. But still, God never gets bogged down by that the way that we do. And we see it in, in the faith ultimately fulfilled in, in Easter. You know, whenever Jesus died, there is no more giving himself out more with the knowledge that this might not work. I mean, these people might do the exact same thing the Israelites have done for generations and possibly millennia before Jesus came around, where this just this might be one, hey, we're going to return, but three generations later, it's going to be back to back to the old ways here and doing everything bad. So I wanted to just talk about perseverance, because it's something that God displays in great abundance that we don't really talk about in the way we articulate the faith in today's language. And I think that it's something that's kind of underlying that we just assume everyone knows, but we should focus on this from time to time. Well, thanks, Joe. You, uh, it's, it's nice to hear the ways that you express some of those uh, different aspects. And I think that's probably very uh, accessible to our, to our listeners. Um, the f- first, uh, connecting God as he is revealed to us in the 
old covenant, the covenants that he made with Adam and with Noah and with Abraham and with Israel, um, the God as he has revealed himself to us in the, in the old covenant, you know, God is fundamentally being. So he is the ground of all being. He's not just uh, one big being among others. And so we always have to contextualize putting too many human qualities on him, like, uh, like perseverance in, in the sense of, well, of course, he's, he, he perseveres in the sense that he is being and he continues to be. And, uh, but also he has revealed himself to us in particular ways, which, as you said, uh, can appear in the old covenant, like he breaks through at particular times and is a little bit more abstract to us. The emphasis, especially in the old covenant is his, his absolute, uh, moral requirements that he is transcendent and that he is absolute. And so to establish who he is as God. And we need that. Otherwise, he just becomes another actor on the stage. He becomes like, you know, president plus plus or pope plus plus or something like that. And it's a totally different order of being. Uh, he is being itself. And so there's uh, the, the old covenant is focused especially on um, building on the God of uh, the understanding of the philosophers towards God that he is uh, being itself from which all creation has flowed forth and uh, he is intimately interconnected with everything that is. And then the amazing thing is that he reveals himself to us at all, that he actually enters into communion, that he humbles himself for him to express things in words is, uh, is like for us to use dog speech or something like that. I mean, it's a, uh, so humbling for him to limit himself in the ways that he does. And yet we start to see this other quality of God, which is a, a personal connection and a desire for intimacy and a humbling willingness to humble himself, to reveal more dimensions of his heart. And we start to see the, the grandeur of human beings at the same time that we can actually receive some revelation from God, that we can actually receive some commands from him, that we can live intentionally in a way that is more like him, which is ultimately what he's revealing in the in the Ten Commandments. That's primarily the way that he himself behaves in the fullness of love, and he's instructing us in how to behave in these ways as well, and, and thus helping us to become more godlike, more like him. And then, as you point out, one of the qualities that's uh, very surprising about him and is so different from us is this uh, steadfast mercy. That's the word that the Old Testament uses, chesed, in Hebrew, H-E-S-E-D, chesed. And his steadfast mercy, his steadfast love for us uh, is is a striking sign of uh, who he is, very surprising. He entered into covenant with us. We broke the covenant. He also should break, well, he's not bound by the covenant, therefore he should give up on us and move on. And we we know that he's capable of that, capable, you know, but he demonstrates that he can do that. And in a way he did that with Adam, casting mm -hmm. him out of the garden. He did that with Noah, destroying all creation. 
And also with Adam, he showed us another side of himself that he believes in us and that he's going to make a path for us to come back. With Noah, likewise, he hung his his uh, his bow like bow and arrow. He hung his rainbow in the sky to indicate that he's not going to do war against us, but that he is going to persevere in uh, bringing us back. That he's not going to give up on us and start over again. He's going to work with us, and so he's he's teaching us slowly who he is and how he loves, and is is helping us. He's revealing those things to us in a way that that help us to understand. So. Uh, that that Hesed, that steadfast love, continues then in his revelation to uh, Moses, and the people have have wandered, but are still in slavery, and then taking them into the desert, liberating them from Pharaoh, and then their their infidelity. But even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful uh, because He cannot deny Himself. His commitment lasts even when our commitment is is fragile and breaks. And so we really see that. And that quality of God, that chesed, is celebrated throughout the Old Testament. And that word steadfast mercy or steadfast love occurs over and over again. Psalm 136 um, speaks about his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. It's the antiphon. Every other line for 50 lines in that psalm is his mercy endures forever. And that mercy of God, mercy, which is expressed in, in, under two aspects in the Old Testament. One is that fidelity, steadfast love, that constancy, what you described as perseverance, Joe. Uh, the other aspect of it is rachamim, which is uh, related to the word rechem, which means womb. And so there's also a tenderness to his mercy. Not only is he a rock, and is absolutely faithful and fully committed to us. Even when we are unfaithful and uncommitted to him, he remains faithful. That rock-like quality that keeps giving us another chance is one aspect of mercy, but tenderness like a mother's womb that's able to hold a, a very fragile child in the first nine months of growth. His mercy is also like that. He's uh, not just a a stern lawgiver who also knows how to relax his law and give us another chance, but doesn't like it, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he really has a tender heart towards us and receives us with great tenderness. And so uh, he keeps finding ways, keeps reaching out, keeps drawing us closer, keeps a, and, and the amazing thing is, and we discover this even more deeply and it's part of how we see we always need to read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. It provides the proper interpretation. We could take things in the Old Testament in some directions that would be less helpful and see God as a kind of cruel or harsh or arbitrary or whimsical. And uh, we don't always know exactly how to reconcile all of those things, but we have to read them through Jesus. It's not a different God. And uh, the, the faith is very clear about this. The, the Lord himself is very clear about this. He didn't come to even to destroy the old law. He came to fulfill it in himself. And so we know that what the law was pointing to and the interpretation that we give it in the Old Testament has to be culminated in Jesus. So uh, we always read the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. But uh, we see in the fullest way in Jesus, 
how God redeems everything. So not only does he persevere, he doesn't just persevere in getting us back to square one. You know, when we fall away, we can think we went in the wrong direction for a mile, for two miles, for 10 miles, for 100 miles. And we might think that God is persistent in getting us back to square one. But the amazing thing is that he, he has a way of making the wrong direction become progress in the right direction. If we went 10 miles astray, our redemption is to be 10 miles advanced or 50 miles advanced or 100 miles advanced. He redeems everything. And so the, the, the failures that we've committed by our own sins, but also important for us to know is that the ways that others have sinned against us, the ways that we've been wounded, traumatized, even abused, don't just become black marks or don't become uh, wounds, gaping wounds that, that we just learn how to tolerate and we just get good at limping. But God has a way of redeeming everything and making all of it a blessing for us so that from the perspective of eternity, we can look back just like Jesus looks back at the cross and he sees the glory and we learn to look at the cross and we see the glory. God has a way of redeeming everything. So he not only perseveres in trying to keep us on the right path, he perseveres in our growth and holiness. He perseveres in redeeming everything so that we can be fully alive with him and, and transformed in glory for all eternity. That's, that's God's design. Now, he gives us the free will to be able to resist him. He doesn't force us because if he could force us, it wouldn't be love. He gives us that, uh, that out, we might say, that we can absolutely resist him. But if we give him a crack, if we open the door in the, in the smallest way, he wants to redeem everything and, and bring us beyond where we could even imagine to be with him. And as you think about that, that for one, that's almost, that's a lot to take on at once. So, so obviously you have given this a great deal of thought and, 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 and much there because that can be a, a lot of overwhelming if you think about how, how much is there and how continue is there. Um, and we can think about our own lives about how we can give, well, obviously, relatively speaking, everything we do is insignificant, but something that even within our capacities that would be less of our individual you know, abilities or attention or something to give to someone and to ultimately pull it away because the results we were going for wasn't there. And as the way you brought that out with no matter how bad things had been going, that God will always return to you. And even as G, like in, we obviously spoke a lot in the Old Testament, even as Jesus is doing his ministry and knows what's going to happen to him, he effectively sees that for the group of the Pharisees and the heads of the Jewish political system at that time are not listening to him. They're not going to follow what he's saying. In fact, they're actually going actively the opposite direction to silence him. And they take their version of the ultimate form of that and killing him. So the fact that through all of that, he doesn't deter. And then right before the thing, right before the actual arrest and the beginning of the passion, all of his closest people bail on him in the sense that they're not able to fulfill staying awake. And if, if we think of it in, in the terms of 
everything you just said about what God does mean essentially unrelenting in his desire and ability to to give love ultimately is 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 so massive and we look at things in our lives to develop ourselves to become more capable of giving love and going back to last episode whether that be in the form of time talent or treasure those are essentially the three ways we can help someone else around us so do we go to that extra class to learn how it was or do we say i don't want to go to my early nine o'clock in the morning class when i sleep through that do we put ourselves in a situation where if i would have done this project a little bit better at work maybe i would have been promoted and therefore have um, a better situation for my family around me do i dig down and do the little bit of extra things when i don't want to even though it would be a beneficial thing. You know, when I come home, is my first thing to put away the problems of the day and just put on a happy energy exerting space when I first come home? Or do I become a suck of all the all the positive things so everyone comes down to my negative level of a bad day? So these are all things that could happen daily um, that we, you know, in theory, could persevere through and and be better at, and I'm sure each one of us individually has their own thing that they could think back of their life and say, I wish I would have done this a little bit differently or whatever. But the great part of life is tomorrow will be here and you'll be able to have a chance to do that. Um, and if, if it's like a one-off thing, it's, you know, those do exist from time to time. The way that we are is there's normally a way to still try to fix it, even if it's not coming up to do the exact same activity again, there's a way to, to, to fix wounds like that. that. As long as we live a relational style of life, which is ultimately what, what we're called to do here through, through all the teachings that we've had. So with this episode, um, we're coming down towards the final stretch here, Father. I want to see if there's any final connecting words you have as we have about five minutes left in this episode. Yeah, the virtue of patience is about being able to carry pain. And rather than uh, needing to resolve it or numb it or uh, uh, finding other ways to shut it down or run from it, those who have uh, a highly developed uh, virtue or capacity for patience are able to carry pain a little longer. And again, uh, beyond a sort of stoic, it's not a matter of talking ourselves out of it, but there's a there's a way that we can endure that, and that can be emotional pain, uh, psychological pain, as well as as physical pain, and that's part of the when when we face difficult situations, you know, maybe uh, well, when we talk about people who have a short temper, we're saying that they have a a, a smaller degree of patience, so they're. Uh, the pain threshold gets gets more extreme more quickly, and then they blow up. That's that's kind of the dynamic there. But somebody who's able to to, to hold that pain a little bit longer and uh, wait a little bit longer sometimes is able to bring something to resolution. On the other hand, uh, and so there's there's also a, there are two qualities to that. One is if we if we just sort of cast pain off too quickly, the the pain you know maybe we we see a well, our, our television really cultivates that these days. I mean, the news says, and now this, 
we just went through a two minute story about some horrific suffering. And then we just like, and the next story and just move right on from that. But the, the kind of person that really fights for justice and who does a great good is the person who really feels that, who feels the injustice towards the little ones, the suffering that people are enduring and, and is able to hold it long enough. And then there's also some, some anger, the, the energy to overcome it that builds up in that. And somebody who's able to uh, carry that a little bit longer rather than just sort of leaving behind context switching, compartmentalizing is, uh, is uh, really a, a remarkable person who is able to do a great good, who just never, never gets to the point of tolerating injustice and, and is able to fight for it. So um, just to point back to your, your first uh, your, uh, opening, Joe, that uh, these, are, these are God's qualities. God never stops hurting from the cry of his people. God never stops fighting for justice uh, for for his people who are each of us. I mean, that's what Jesus has revealed, the universal call to salvation. And then we really see that lived out in a human way in Jesus. Uh, the fourth sorrowful mystery is coupled with the virtue of perseverance. And when Jesus carries his cross, he carries it to the end. He carries the pain and and the, the anger, the, the determination to overcome it he overcomes all injustice by making his way to the cross, to the last breath. When God takes all of our suffering on himself and he carries it to the end and conquers it and then brings forth new life from it, the resurrection, this is the great victory. So, and it's a victory of perseverance again, just to come back to your first point that this, uh, this great quality of God, he is determined to love us and he's determined to redeem us and he's determined to bring us, if we are at all willing, into eternal glory with him. And what a beautiful way to end this episode here. Uh, we will be with everyone again here next week, and we thank you very much.